Now is the time to submit quietly. We control all you hear and feel. You are about to enter a great adventure and experience the awe and mystery. From your ultimate fantasies to your deepest fears, from which you may never return. Bobby Stone's shine, time to shine. All right, yeah, gentlemen. Bobby. We're, we're recording. It's, uh, and I don't know if you could see, uh, there's a timer on the bottom of your screen, or is it just mine? There's a timer. See it too. You see the timer? This is going to be yeah. helpful. Time is up. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. now, now. Sorry. And, Not gentlemen, we're. We'll start it off again. We're we're recording. Welcome everybody to another edition of Strutting from Gorilla. It's uh, October 29th, 2020, and you might be very surprised to hear a different voice in the asshole chair tonight. It's Mango. Vito cannot make it tonight, and we're going to hold it down without him. He's been detained. I've been detained. He's been detained. So it's October 29th. We're in the throes of the coronavirus pandemic the second wave is coming the election is on tuesday and what do we have to do uh talk about professional wrestling (laughs) the most important thing in the world so uh, what else would we do what else is there so uh let's go around start with our two cents uh whichever you guys wants to go first just fire away I'll, i'll fire away uh thanks mango glad to have you in the chair uh, just to clarify, Vito is actually suspended for violating strutting from Gorilla's wellness policy. Um, so, <laughs> so this is his first strike. Uh, so what I want to talk about a little bit this week, who started off, is actually some interesting news about in the the realm of women's wrestling. Uh, Thunder Rosa, I think people may have remembered her from nwa power and then she was recently had a couple of matches on AEW, and she had like a really like stellar match with hikaru shida so interestingly enough nwa has been running some like weekly like kind of like mini pay-per-view shows kind of the way i understand it and on the most recent show they had thunder rosa lost the nwa women's title to serena deeb who formerly used to be in CM Punk's like straight edge society. If anybody remembers that, she shaved her head. Um, so anyway, Thunder Rosa lost the title, which le- is leading to a ton of speculation about her possibly leaving NWA when her contract is up next year. So uh, there's a lot of speculation on her either going, you know, both places, AEW and WWE want her. And, you know, I have some concerns. I don't know. I want to kind of throw this back out to, to the rest of you two because I don't know. In my view, I, I have an idea of which company would probably treat her better or be the better fit for her. But I'm curious what you guys would think, because she's a really great wrestler. And I'm not sure if well, basically, I mean, I'll just get, I'll just tell you, I don't think she should go to WWE. I think they'd ruin her. But what do you guys uh, think? <laughs> well, I think both companies would really uh, benefit from a jolt in the arm with a mm-hmm. female wrestler for sure. I think, uh, of course, WWE would, uh, when people come in like that, they don't necessarily always push them right to the top. So 
uh, she'd probably do better off in AEW, I would say. I think uh, there's more room to grow for sure in AEW. But this, the the female, the women's division in WWE is so stale right now. They would really, really, really do well with a, a, an ejection of something. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like one of, one of the reasons that I thought she was going to go to WWE when this happened was because unlike AEW, who would allow her to sort of take these independent bookings, WWE wouldn't do that. So that's why I thought when she lost the title that she she might be going in that direction. But then I when I read that her contract isn't expiring until into 2021, I don't I wouldn't I don't necessarily think that now. I think maybe it was just like a title change and and she could still go to either or or just remain in NWA and do what she's been doing with with AEW. Uh, but I agree with you, Mango. There's definitely been with with like very few exceptions, mainly being like NXT's women division and Sasha and Bailey, and that that feud just ended. Their their, their division, their women's division, especially like you said, is is kind of stale. Yeah, it is pretty stale. But you know, I also was thinking they're not adding people. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're they're subtracting people right now. AEW is adding people. Um, I think that the new wave is like to to have like these open contracts where uh, you can perform on all these different uh venues you can do nwa you can do nw is that what it's called yeah yeah nwa why does that sound funny to me (laughs) i don't know it's been around for like 70 years isn't that a uh a rap band nwa bringing trouble your way yeah oh my god i'm I'm having a brain fight i'm drinking scotch bobby stone got married uh, a couple years ago may 18 2018 and on that day he gave me a 12 year old bottle of mccallan McCollin or whatever, you know, and uh, I just figured, you know, it's it's Thursday. Got to stop boozing. Let's do it. What else do you do in quarantine? Right. Talk about wrestling and drink booze. Exactly. I love Scott. Well, I, I can respect the uh, the alcohol intake right now as I'm drinking my um, my Mai Tai and my most prized tiki mug right now. Um, but. If I were to jump on the Thunder Rose conversation, I would have absolutely nothing to add uh, because there are just simply some wrestlers I do not follow yet. Um, I've heard the name. We're sorry. (laughs) We're sorry. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm just an honest, honest guy. And, um, you know, I I did want to bring up a couple of uh, notes from last uh, last episode. First and foremost, wanted to talk to you guys about us hitting our century mark of episodes. Vito called it out as uh, as us saying that we've surpassed our century mark. Um, little error. We've only hit a decade. It's uh, we just we just hit. We're now recording our twelfth episode. There was another omission, if you will, of uh, Matt assuming that all wrestling fans get hot chicks. I personally don't think that's accurate in my opinion. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. some do. I don't necessarily think all of them do. Um, and then there was another one, uh, Mike, where it was uh, you saying that you wanted to keep things French. Uh, I'm really curious. Did you want to keep them, keep things fresh? Or did you want to keep things French as if you want a croissant or if you want the Mounties to show up and be French Canadian and 
Those are just a couple of notes that I, I was listening to as I was re-editing our podcast and, and, and figured I could uh I could help our listeners out as they were going mm-hmm. through. Well, we're, yeah. It's funny that you say you would want to help the listeners out because I think this just confused the fuck out of everybody, <laughs> including me. <laughs> So I'd uh, well, like to say French here, and uh, let's move on, right? <laughs> Do you have two cents, Bob, other than that? I mean, honestly, that was my uh, my first uh, attempt at the errors in omissions of, uh, of an episode. Um, quite frankly, I can't catch them on the fly, but I caught a couple. It, it failed miserably, um, but it was my uh, best attempt at poor humor. So here I am. I will continue drinking my tiki mug, and I'm not going to edit any of that out. Please. Well, don't. this is going to be a great episode, folks. We <laughs> really hope you enjoy the final episode of Strutting from Gorilla. <laughs> We're going to be kicked off the air. And you <laughs> know what? Easy. Like Paul Heyman, come at me, censors. Come at us. Well, to be fair, this could be one of our last episodes because Google can go shit in a hat. Mm-hmm. We are now figuring out new podcast recording options because our Google Meet option is going to be far more expensive than we were originally anticipating. And we are a uh, not-for-profit organization currently. So um, Google, shit in a hat. Mm. Yeah, for, for our listeners who don't really know what Bobby's talking about, which is probably everybody, it's that uh, when we started this podcast, it was free. We could go on Google Meets. We could do uh, we could have an hour or two hours, something like that, and we could uh, record it and throw it on iTunes, whatever we're doing. We're worldwide, um, and it was free for a while. But now we're incurring some production costs, and uh, we, uh, we're we trying to figure out ways not to incur those out of our own pockets. So what we're going to do is eventually we're going to get some sponsors. So if any of our listeners out there, especially that one over in Pakistan, knows of uh, company that can sponsor us for, you know, all we need is $99 a month and we'll be good. So, okay, moving on. Uh, it's Thursday. Uh, this past Sunday was Hell in a Cell, a yearly pay-per-view with the WWE. And this year highlighted was highlighted by, I believe it was at least three Hell in a Cell matches, Mike. Was it, it three? It was three Hell in a Cell matches. You had one. You, we started off with with uh, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. And then in the middle, we had Sasha and Bailey. And to wrap up the night, we had Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Right. And, okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a hot take. I'm full of hot takes. And it you was that uh, I think the last pay-per-view, uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head because they just have one every other week. So I can, Clash I of Champions. Of, was it Clash, Clash of Champions? Okay, and they had maybe, I think it was six matches. Four of them were world title matches. And my hot take was, if you have four world titles, you have no world titles. And now I'm going to kind of update that a little. And I'm going to say, if you have three Hell in a Cell matches, you have no Hell in a Cell matches. Okay, now, if half the matches are Hell in a Cell matches, how can they mean anything? You know, I think at this point, we can't really hold it against them. They're just trying to, you know, get through this time. They're going to try, they're trying to get through October. They're trying to get to WrestleMania season again. But, like, what do you think of that, Mike? Uh, so, you know what's funny is there was a pay-per-view that that TNA used to do all the time back in the day. Do you remember? I think it was called, like, Lethal Lockdown or Six Sides of Steel. And that night, every match would be in a steel cage. And, and, like, it was interesting at first. But I think, to your point, 
when you're doing it so much, it people get desensitized to like the meaning behind having a Hell on a Cell match or the meaning behind having any sort of like specialty type of match. And that's why I have a problem with like things like the TLC pay-per-view every year because I think it just waters it down. But anyway, back to this. It absolutely, you know, I think of the three of those, only one of them actually needed to be in the hell on a cell because it was it was there was some finality to what they were doing. And that was actually Sasha and Bailey, because that was the culmination of essentially a five-year feud. So that actually was the only one that made sense to be be in that. Um, you know, Roman and Jay, for as much as I liked it, I, they didn't need the hell in a cell to do that. They could have easily had some sort of uh, just a regular match, or if, even if they wanted to do something like a no DQ match, something like that, the, you know, or they could have just made it the I quit match without the hell in a cell. Like they didn't need to like double up on stipulations for it. And honestly, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, I, I feel so bad because I, I don't think the match was bad. It's just that I, I was so disinterested in it. Like, and, and like that goes back to kind of like Randy, I'm like, uh, you know, he's great. He's a great wrestler, but I'm just like, not, I, I can't get emotionally invested in, in his matches right now. Cause I feel like he's just kind of in, in my mind, it feels like he kind of phones it in a little bit. Like he's just kind of riding this out too, just handing out RKOs, which is, fun to watch but that part of it but i can't get too invested in like his stories yeah and we've seen this we've seen this movie before how many times okay so 14 apparently 14 14. so he has 14 titles uh triple h has 14 rick flair has 16 did you see the tweet uh randy and one at batista and he was like three legends in one actor (laughs) going after dickhead (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, come on. Batista okay. had six titles. Oh, man, uh, it's still pretty good, you know? Um, but I remember, it, it's pretty crazy. When I got back into wrestling, it was like maybe 2012. So it's been about eight years. Randy Orton was a little bit on the back burner. I was over Bobby Stone's house in Melrose. I, I don't really want to give away your address, Bobby, but I will if any female listeners out there want it. I will say that. But uh, when I got back into wrestling, Bobby, Randy Orton was on maybe the SmackDown show because it was like the second incarnation of the brand split out of the eight incarnations there have been. And he was like a nobody. Well, not a nobody, but he was like a mid-carter at the time. They like put him back. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. They kind of and, pulled and, him back. And then, and then they made him the, the world champion at the time. They had him beat Christian. Cause I think it was, I think what you're talking about was after edge retired and he like vacated the title and then Christian won it. And like lost it the next week to Randy Orton on SmackDown. It was just such a waste. The whole thing. But I, I know what you're talking about. And this is going back eight years. So it's been ever since I've, we've been back into wrestling, Bobby, both Bobby and I, we've seen Randy Orton in the main event picture. And, you know, it's not that he's not a terrible wrestler, but it's like, come on. Like, we've seen this before. How many times can they play the same record? Exactly. You know who I really feel bad for is Drew McIntyre's title reign. Do you realize he's the first person to have a complete title reign from from end to end that was never seen by a live crowd? Yes. Yes. It's the only title reign in history in wrestling that that happened. Like, that's insane. And what a dubious distinction to have. That sucks. (laughs) And I feel bad for him because I actually think I think if if things had gone off without a pandemic, 
I think it would have been awesome. That that pop for him would have been great because if it was any if there was any indication at the Royal Rumble this past year, they were hot for Drew McIntyre when he eliminated Lesnar from the Rumble. That was big. And so I think I think he was pretty poised at that at that moment and had a, a lot of momentum. Yeah. So McIntyre's come so far. So last WrestleMania season, I think he faced um I think it was he faced Roman Reigns. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was Reigns. He did the job for Reigns last WrestleMania. And so part of me thinks that we have Survivor Series coming up. They've already announced the title match for Survivor Series. It's it's Orton. Well, it's not a title match. It's a non-title match. It's Orton versus Reigns. But we've seen, I guess, last WrestleMania, we saw McIntyre versus Reigns. Are they saving McIntyre for something else? Or are they pulling the plug on McIntyre? How do they? How can they tell whether or not he's successful? Are the fans digging him? I mean, the has it's the really hard gone up or it's yeah. It's it's like impossible to tell. How do you do that? Because there's no crowd reaction. You can't really do it by merch sales because, well, if like over half of the population is unemployed, not everyone's gonna be buying merch. So I I how do you do that? Like how do you measure that properly? Like this guy's over. I mean, maybe from social media, like, you know, if people are like getting him trending or they're someone's paying attention to what people are saying. It's the only Bobby, thing I can think of. I think Bobby can kind of speak to this i bet there's a way so you know everything is trending towards the network like they're you know and uh they must be looking at views on the network they can see what people are watching like it is the best way for the organization to actually get a tell as to what people are are intrigued by because they have the data behind the scenes to actually watch what people are clicking on, what they're watching, what they're staying on top of. Personally, uh, one of the things that I would actually really enjoy, and uh, this was something that Vita was bringing up in the last episode, was him watching in succession a full season, including the pay-per-views within the year. I think he was bringing up 97 in particular. So he would watch Sunday Night Heat, Monday Night Raw, um, Smackdown, right. yeah. and then and then whatever that storyline was going to into the pay-per-view, right? I would really enjoy a I, I like how they organize it by um by the year. If you were to look at a pay-per-view specific, I would really like to see a full season and them mm-hmm. to actually show you like when does their season actually start? Is it Right before Royal Rumble, is it, you know, we were talking about the draft and how convoluted the storylines were getting. So, you know, I think what you're going to start to see and what I'm noticing a little bit more, um, I, I think I, I sent you guys a text message a couple of days ago. It was Doink the Clown versus Sebastian Booger, uh, Booger Bastion. I, I, the guy was an absolute slob. Ways, he was the heavyweight I didn't like. Believe it or not, I have one of those. Walks down, looks like absolute garbage. He's walking down the, the ring with a pizza for some reason. I really didn't understand it. And he gets beaten up by a clown. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. But it was because I was watching one of the uh, the network's like Hidden Jewels. And it was supposed to be one of the... Uh, it was a Shawn Michaels, um, Bret Hart match or, or, or something to that effect. But I got lost in watching a terrible episode of Raw. And it was fantastic because I got to... I was trying to figure out why I watched Raw or what I enjoyed about some of those older episodes. And it was 
what I enjoyed about him was just some of the, you know, some of those jobber matches that I, I think, Matt, you alluded to a little while ago. You enjoy jobbers just getting tossed around and, and having uh, having matches that don't necessarily mean something and they're just out there to have fun, but also having uh, having a storyline being told throughout multiple segments to build up into a pay-per-view because I, I I feel as if at this point we blink and the next pay-per-view is already out there. I mean, to your point, they're already talking about a title match and Hell in a Cell barely even finished. You know, there's no build-up to the stories anymore because they're just jamming it down your throat. And that was a problem that started with the uh, In Your Houses that have now just turned into another pay-per-view after another pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's the moneymaker and I get it. You know, that's why I still like the main four. Your SummerSlam, your Royal Rumble, um, right, and, and all, and, and to your point, Bobby, all of that stuff is like all, all those in your houses, as you're saying. That they're the Hell in a Cells, all those the, those bullshit pay per views, essentially, are just filler to get you into to the big one, right? To the bigger ones, like you the, those big those big three now. Essentially, it's just like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and oh no, I guess four SummerSlam and Survivor Series. I always forget but, about Survivor Series. But, but Survivor Series lost its touch when it wasn't the Thanksgiving Eve tradition anymore. Yeah. They well, they had traditions that people looked forward to, and they eventually faded away from those traditions. Sorry to interject on that, but I, I, I'm with you. I think there's still – there used to be four, and now there's three. I, and I think to go on this little network tangent, I, I, I'm kind of with you, and I'm with – I think Vito had brought it up too, like – the, the ability to, to say, like, I want to watch the, like, to do it easily. Like, if the WWE Network could do it, like, have it, like, play, like, like you said, like a season. So you could say, hey, from whenever the start of their season was, which we could say, if we're going to use an example, after WrestleMania 12. So from 1996, if you wanted to start that season, that actually started the night after WrestleMania 12. So that's what, like, the, you know, you had the Iron Man match, and uh, this is the, the day after. And so you start everything, right? And you walk through it and you and they'll play and they'll have a list and it'll play all the Raws, each pay-per-view in, that, that it goes up to. And then it it the season, each season will end at the next year's WrestleMania. So it would end at 97. So it would end at WrestleMania 13 and then the next season picks up. I, I would love if they would figure out a way to do that. But I feel like that's, there's a ton of work I think that would have to be done like on the back end to get that to work right, you know? Yeah. There's a lot there because some people might say, do you include Sunday Night Heat in that kind of stuff? Or do you want it to just be, you know, just Raws? Do you include like some of the UK shows that they did? I mean, I feel like we're, we're getting like real nerdy about it, but <laughs> I was just no. like, in my dream world, I would love that because it would be so much easier for me. I'll echo one of, you, one of your points there. Like, do you add some of those great shows that were actually... Now I remember exactly why I was watching Joint the Clown on Monday Night Raw. It wasn't actually a Monday Night Raw match. It was a Survivor Series showdown match. That was actually a house match before Monday Night Raw even started. Because if you remember, there was, you know, they still needed to do a show for three hours, but they could only film one hour of it to air. So when you were going to an arena back in the day, it was for whether it was two and a half or three hours to see a full show, what you were really seeing from Monday Night Raw was only one hour on air on USA. And so you had filler matches like that 
to keep a full crowd invested and actually, you know, they're not going for an hour to watch wrestling. They're there to go watch a full show. And that's what they got. Meanwhile, what the stu- uh, the TV audience was getting was the one hour of Raw. Um, so do you add like a Survivor Series showdown embedded in that, you know, season, if you will? And I, I would like to say yes, because that those are shows that are, are vintage shows that you don't see anymore. You know, no. uh, yeah. so maybe they make something like that a collection like you would do that. Like insert if you go into like the Survivor Series page on the on the network, maybe that's something that's like extras. It's like this list of all these these types of things. Because may I, I could I I could see where they wouldn't maybe want to include that on like a playlist. They would just be like, hey, that's some extra stuff you can kind of check out over here. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of those types of things. So, but anyway, weren't we talking about Hell in a Cell? <laughs> <And I feel laughs> like just, you just went way off. You just got so sidetracked. Sorry. That was um that was down the rabbit hole. That, that was an epic down game. the rabbit hole. We just but, we went full on. Um right. I, I can't move to the next thing until I just give you my two cents of what you guys were talking about. <laughs> so let's go even further. <laughs> let's go even further down the down the rabbit hole. Before we dig uh, ourselves back out, let's yeah. dig a little deeper. Right. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so um you had mentioned seasons, right? So I think that people, I think that the WWE is noticing and uh, people, wrestling fans in general do this, that we do it ourselves. We don't need them to catalog it for us. We go and we say, okay, I want to start after WrestleMania 12 and I want to go through this feud. I want to, I want to watch Stone Cold versus, um, so the say it's between WrestleMania 12 and WrestleMania 13. That would be the evolution of the stone cold Bret Hart feud, right? So people would go back, they do that themselves. And I think that they're noticing that. And it almost feels like the day to day, the Monday night raw, the Friday night Smackdown, the hell in the cells, these are filler just to, just to complete the contract with like USA network and Fox network. But the real moneymaker is 19, 1996. It's 2004. It's 2011. It's people going back and watching these things. Because they're going to pay the $10 a month in order to get the network. And here's a hot take. Here's a hot take. When the pandemic first started, HBO, how much content does HBO produce? On a daily basis, they're coming out with new shit, right? Right. And HBO Max, which is even more stuff that they have. Yeah. You go on there. I'm like, oh, my God. You can be on there for hours upon hours and never watch the same thing again. But what do people do? At the beginning of the pandemic, the most watched show on HBO was The Sopranos, The Sopranos, 1998 to 2004, whatever the hell it was. I don't know. But the nostalgia, the tradition, like Bobby said, that sells. And that's going to keep selling. And and so even like 2018, when it becomes 2030, people are going to rewatch 2018 and realize, oh, I wasn't even paying attention. McIntyre had a great finishing maneuver. (laughs) Exactly. Reigns was actually good. Why did we boo him? Why did I hate him? Why was he so sexy? <laughs> Why did he wear that jacket for so long? <laughs> um, Dude's jack. So, so I, I feel like they're the network is listening and it is evolving because it's adding more and more content, right? Uh, another one of the things that, that I've been watching was just the featured hidden gems uh, catalog. So they cl- cataloged a lot of cool matches that you wouldn't necessarily watch. Uh, there was a 
Halloween Havoc um, match in. It was an NWA match, so it was a Thunderdome match. And if some of our listeners recognize the, the name of Thunderdome being the new stadium, if you will, that they're utilizing, uh, the Thunderdome was actually a steel cage match. And at the top of the steel cage was electrical wiring. So the wrestlers couldn't go over it. It was... There's no way that was a WWF match, though, right? It was that an... A- it was an NWA match. Right. It was right. Ric Flair and There's Sting. No fucking versus... way they would have done that. They would have done that back then. <laughs> versus Terry Funk and um, <laughs> uh, I, I forget who the last jabroni yeah. was. Well, um, if, there, if there's one person that's willing to electrocute themselves on top of a cage, it's probably Terry Funk. Oh, oh no. It was a New Japan wrestler. He would, uh, oh, it was like Damaru or something like that. Um, and Bruno San Martino was the special guest referee. 1989, Hidden Gem. Find it on the network. We'll, right. we'll throw up the link for you. It it's a cool match. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the ring goes on fire at one point. You know what's funny is it seems like all of those things WWF and, uh, eventually took, <laughs> including the ring going on fire. So that's great. It's good, good to see where they got their inspiration from <laughs> as, they, as they tell us about another original idea that they have. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm really not sure there was it's been an original idea in the past 15 years, I got to say. No, no. Uh, but I guess, you know, going back to Hell in a Cell. Yes. Back, Mike, we, uh, we crawled out. <laughs> we're back. We're alone. Yes. Uh, Terry Funk. On top of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> so um, going back to Helen, I think kind of an interesting storyline Mike had alluded to through a text message is that what are they moving towards with the with the captain of the what is it called? So the the tribal chief. Yeah, captain and, and I will be happy to elaborate on this if you'll allow. Please me. do. Uh, so uh, this this Roman and J match outside of my critique about thinking that it didn't need to be in a Hell in a Cell match. I still maintain that. But the I Quit match itself was good. And I thought they did a really good job. It was super physical. Roman's really kind of showing how j- just how nasty he can be. And and it kind of feels more natural for him. I really like his uh, what his counsel, his special counsel of Heyman. And Heyman even getting sort of, sort of shocked and appalled by some of the things he does. Like Paul Heyman does that a lot with Brock Lesnar too. And I think it, it's to good effect here. So towards the end of the match where he just starts kind of beating the shit out of Jay and he's trying to make him tap out and he, well, he won't give up. He won't give up. The brother comes down and, and there's this like little moment that they have where Roman's sitting there and he's like, you don't have to do this. Why do you, why are you doing this? This isn't you. And they're trying and, and Roman's like crying. I mean, th- it's really a A plus acting job. He must have been talking uh, and maybe learning a few things from the person I'm going to bring up in a minute. But uh, so he he is showing this emotion and feels like he doesn't know he's he's like kind of lost his way. And and I think they kind of exemplify that when he later kind of takes the chair out and he still beats the shit out of him and beats the shit out of Jimmy Uso. And then uh, it gets sort of greeted by his his father uh, and and the wild Samoans, um, the offensica, and they they kind of give him the lay and essentially sort of label him as the tribal chief. They sort of acknowledge that. And in, in my mind, I feel like that positions Roman in a really powerful way. And, and I think, I I think in two things, it kind of shows that he's very unhinged and have kind of reaffirming that whole, I kind of, he's sort of lost it and forgetting who he is and forgetting his place. Uh, Some would say sort of knowing his role. And so that's where I'm going with this is that I think 
my prediction here, my biggest two cents that I'm gonna gonna throw in the ring is that this is all leading to some sort of showdown, so, some sort of clash with with the Rock, with with the original, with the High Chief. All right, uh, Rocky Maivia over here. I think at some point he's coming out and he's gonna either try to talk sense to sense into him or he's gonna try to beat it out of him. So that's. Uh, I find I think that would be really exciting. I think they talked about that years ago, possibly doing Rock and Roman. But I feel like this has been, quite frankly, the most organic route that they could go with this and have it actually make sense that The Rock would would say something about it. Were you going to say something, Bob? I so can I actually call the match as well? You sure? Uh, so they brought out the straps in in the USO. Mm-hmm. Roman match and the strap match actually has a couple of different uh different names behind it and I'll give you a couple there's the Texas bull rope match the Russian chain match or the Samoan strap match mm-hmm. and that is uh that is where I do believe they alluded to it by bringing up the straps a little bit I th- I I, I, I think it's going to be a Samoan strap match cuz I I agree with you I think there's a great tie to it, and I that's that's a match I look forward to. And if there's if his Instagram post is any indication, it seems like The Rock is already practicing how to use straps because he's he's practicing with chains apparently. And bros ripped. He got destroyed in the face, and he he was just bloody. So he's he's ready. He's primed. Did yeah. you see his muscles lately? Dude, I see I, them he is on a daily basis. I'm, always, I'm, I'm all over his Instagram. I don't even use Instagram for myself. I just go and just check out what the rock's up to. And then I <laughs> and then I log out. Have you guys seen his cheat days? Where like uh I don't even know if you call it a cheat day. On Sunday he eats I haven't seen it in a while, but maybe a year or two ago. Crazy ass, like huge double peanut butter and like <laughs> and chocolate chip cookies. Platters toast of uh sushi. In uh, in pancakes in the morning, dude's insane. Um, Imagine, I mean, this is a weird thing, but like the shit that guy must have taken after a cheat meal like that, like <laughs> kind of Brahma bullshit. <laughs> Just damn, probably the size of uh, Rikishi. <laughs> Absolutely, the size of Rikishi. Rikishi I did this. The family for right? the rock. Yeah, yeah. He's the Uso but I don't Rama? think Rikishi. I mean, Rikishi might come out. And say something to Roman. Yeah, I was just gonna make a joke that that's the true that's the true match. It's gonna be Rikishi versus Roman at WrestleMania. 30. You know what? <laughs> no, knowing to, to quote Vito, that would probably be them just laying a giant turd on the <laughs> And what we we would watch with with pride. But I will say, I gotta say, Mike, it does make sense that could happen because they're not yeah. filming. They're not filming things right now. He has a. Rock has no other commitments. He's like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to go push this thing, you know? So maybe he comes back sometime between now and Royal Rumble. Is he part of the Royal Rumble match? Does he win the Royal Rumble? Get a shot at Roman at WrestleMania? I would love that. That would be sick. I would love it too. I I, I think it would be awesome I, because it, it just feels natural this time. And I know that I always complain about these nostalgia acts coming back because they always feel very just like, forced in like the Goldberg thing the Goldberg thing is probably there's probably something that's going to happen with him and Roman Reigns at some point and and that's a, another fucking complaint for another day but this whole thing with Rock I, I actually feel like it, this is my bias showing too I know I fully know that and, and so people can get on me for it but 
I do feel like it actually makes sense. It doesn't feel like, oh, we're just going to throw this old guy out there because we want some pay-per-view buys. Well, how old is The Rock now? I mean, he's not even 50. I think he's I think he's about to be or he or he is in his early 50s. His early 50s. So think about this. AJ Styles, he's in his mid 40s. I believe. He's not a young cat. I mean, these dudes no. The Rock really isn't like a nostalgia act. He's still young. The Rock The Rock is 48 years old. 48. So he's half Triple H's age, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Add, add add two, and that's how that's how big Triple H's nose is in inches. <laughs> Triple H's nose is listening to this right as we speak. It's actually his was the model from Double Dare. You remember you used to reach in there and try to grab the flag <laughs> that was actually molded from Triple H's schnoz. That was so always the nice grossest Double thing. Dare. Nice Nickelodeon reference today, people. Oh, we're bringing it back, baby. Um, okay, so. Moving on a little bit. I mean, that was a great segment talking about The Rock. And I mean, I really hope that happens. We could talk about that for hours and hours. Yeah. Um, Any anybody talking about The Rock, I'll take. Did anybody think that that match was just a little too drawn out? You know, which one? The 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 J the J Roman match. Like, I just what I did enjoy. What I did enjoy about it though was this new. Uh, this new feature that WWE's never had the ability to do, which was tell the story with actual improvisation and verbiage. Mm-hmm. They're literally talking, and why are you doing this? And there's dialogue now. So it's a new way to tell the story. And it's, you know, maybe maybe creatives doing something yeah. to, to to actually, you know, draw new interest um or try to gain our attention a little bit better but i did think that that was cool but i just thought that the the match itself was too long it could have been wrapped up a little bit quicker bobby i i if i could kiss you i would because i i wrote down the same thing on my notes was that this could have been even four minutes shorter and it would have felt fine like it went just like it didn't like completely overstay its welcome but it like just went over that mark so that, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. And <laughs> I will second that this pandemic has taught them how to run a three-hour pay-per-view again. And I'm so thankful for that. It's it's great. I think this one was actually under three hours. So I th- Yeah, it was awesome. like two and a half to 2.45, I, I want to say. It was on the shorter side, but... <laughs> Who would think that we'd be so happy that, they're, that, that they decided not to have a pay-per-view event that lasted seven hours? I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for not trying my endurance in these trying times yeah and well there what were there like six matches there was six matches maybe in three hell in a cells yeah um yeah like maybe one throwaway match it seemed like all of the rest were yeah i mean miz versus otis dude oh the miz i have a real Otis. okay yeah 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 i have i have some beef with that because so they have otis win the money in the bank on top of corporate headquarters which was just, as you would say, Mango, it was a sham. And like Heidi's and, wedding. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Heidi Sorry, Heidi. Uh, so yeah, it, it it felt so it felt so pointless because one, the the turn from Tucker didn't mean anything to me because this team hasn't been established at all mm. as like an actual team. 
like if if this was Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and that happened, I would be like, oh shit, like that they would have some gravity to it because they've been together for a long time and it's been established that they have this brotherhood. I didn't get that at all. I was just like, oh, so okay, so he just slapped them and cost them a money in the bank briefcase, which now Miz holds. And the last time the Miz held it, it, it God, it was so bad. I I I hope that Miz can just unsuccessfully try to cash in and we could be done with this whole mess until next year's money in the bank because i just want this done yeah part of me thinks they're they're gonna give him a title they're gonna give him a title i don't right i don't know why i mean i just feel like they're going to um they're pushing in that direction it's like it's like george costanza like if i want something from wwe they do the exact opposite (laughs) that's that's how i feel (laughs) okay like oh okay right you want a story that makes sense we'll give you some convoluted nonsense and it, it that never works it never works i mean i mean i hate to allude to this but i had listened to the wcw book the uh rise and fall and vince russo used to do shit like that he would like suspend your disbelief yeah. to astronomical proportions you think so and so is gonna win and david arquette would walk out with the title somehow and that's like not really what we want as fans but um the it was uh who's the who was the guy Miz was facing? The goofy guy. Miz versus no, it, was Otis. it was Otis. Otis, I forgot his name. Some reason I want to yeah. call Miro or something. That's how forgettable this whole thing is. So I heard that Vince McMahon was really high on him. I don't know why. He had the whole thing, he but might have just been really high. Yeah, it was really weird. It was weird. So let me get your feelings on the um you guys' both feelings. Uh, we're running kind of low on time, I guess. It's 45 minutes in. But maybe this could be a marathon episode. Just go all night. I'll just sit here all night, you motherfuckers. Um, I want to get your opinion on the Bailey versus Sasha feud and how you felt that ended and what was your feelings on that. Can I just say one thing before we get started? Is that mm-hmm. I was a little confused leading up to the to the match in terms of who was the heel, who was the face. I'm gonna totally let Mike take Mike take this away, the Bailey versus Sasha discussion, but I wanna just mention two things before he starts. Okay. Number one, uh, I wasn't sure who the heel and face was. Okay. Uh, I know Sasha is supposed to be the face, but I'm like, okay, do we really like are we supposed to cheer her? She hasn't done anything nice. She's putting Bailey's head into a chair every time I watch the show. Her head's in a friggin' chair. Like, what is going on here? Number one. Number two, Mike got married. We're talking about all our weddings. In 2016, he came out to Bailey's theme music when he got yeah. introduced. Is that correct? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I don't regret it at all. I loved it. It was awesome. You, you pulled a Vince Russo. I thought you were going to come out to Cena, to Hogan, to Stone Cold, to The Rock. But she came out to Bailey. You suspended our disbelief. And you got it. Suspended it. I, I, exactly. And 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 – Thank you, Mango, for that. And and I'm and I'm gonna double this up as my final two cents. And so I will I will end after this. Uh, I absolutely loved this this match between Sasha Banks and Bailey. Now, before I really get into it, Mango, to answer your question, yeah, technically we would say that Sasha became the face during all this after Bailey turned on her. Now. I think what's happening is she's kind of acting heel-ish in, in sort of this like vengeful way because she was betrayed by this person and used by this person. So I think that's why we're seeing her react so violently to her. 
but it's no different than when Stone Cold would do that shit too. And we still cheered him. So it come see, come saw, you know, but she <laughs> never thought I'd get that on a podcast. So remember that folks, uh, back to the match at hand. I think the match itself was really well done. I think there was some great physicality between the two of them. Obviously they have wonderful chemistry when they're in the ring together. So everything didn't, it, things felt very natural watching them wrestle there wasn't a lot of clunkiness there's there's always going to be a little bit when you're in something like a hell on a cell because things sort of don't always go right like there was one little spot with the kendo sticks and they just kind of like aborted it and just went to something else which was fine because you know what that happens like you know i i can't fault them for that but i think the story that they told was was well thought out it was methodical i thought it i thought the ending was the ending it needed it it had to be sasha kind of going over here you know, uh, this is her kind of exercising the demon of Bailey. And this is why I liked it so much, because there's a if you bookend this match from Hell in a Cell with their takeover match from 2015, it's there's some wonderful symmetry there that happens when you watch the two those two matches, because they're so significant, because, uh, you, you know, when the Bailey and Sasha, when their careers and when this rivalry really hit ahead back then, that was kind of the jumping off point for what WWE markets as the, the women's evolution. Right. And, and they, they kind of went off and, and had very separate paths for a long time and would come back here and there and had some singles matches throughout their time up on the main roster. And now here we are five years later. And when you look at where their characters are, they're in quite different spots than they were at that point. Bailey had probably one of the best women's championship title reigns, uh, save it, her her title reign would have been essentially over 500 days if it wasn't for a four day bullshit title reign from Charlotte Flair for that the stupid SmackDown debut on Fox. Um, so if we if we kind of like look over that, Bailey has owned that championship for the for almost two years and has really come into her own with this new with this heel character the the role model. And I, I've loved it. I loved when her and Sasha kind of came together when, you know, they kind of hinted to it a couple months ago and then they ended up teaming back up and Sasha turned heel and they, and they were hysterical together. They became tag champions together. Sasha became the raw women's champion. I mean, they've been such an integral part of their own successes. So to have them have this sort of final match and it kind of feels that way. I mean, maybe WWE will do what they usually do and try to drag it out, but this felt like a really great, uh, uh, you know, swan song for that rivalry because it meant so much to, I think, the women's evolution, kind of the evolution of women's wrestling in WWE and to each one of them uh, and, and their careers, respectively. So I I loved it. I think it was great. And, and my plan is at some point to kind of watch both of them back to back just to see uh, if I notice anything else. Yeah, Mike, I think that a lot of times in wrestling, we've put we want to put things on to these wrestlers and these feuds and make it more important than it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you're hitting it right on the head. That's a, it's what was the other match? 2015, five yeah. years ago. Right. And this we're still talking about that match, by the way, they just did a documentary on it. Yes. So it's one of the most significant feuds in the history of professional wrestling. Five years. Well, not really a feud, I guess, when you think about it, I mean, they, it was just so much. I mean, that's when, so if you're thinking about heel versus face, maybe at the end, it's just like, it doesn't matter who the heel faces. Right. They just want to, it, it's like, doesn't matter at this point. It's not about the fans. It's about them too. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, so. it, it felt the same way with like Rock and Austin. Like at the end of the day, it didn't matter who was the, the good guy or the bad guy. At WrestleMania 19, at the end of that match, you were like, holy shit, we're never going to see these two fight again. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just tell you, folks, this is, you're not going to get commentary like this on any other wrestling podcast. Mike just eloquently uh, put together a five year, a, a five year feud. In, in two minutes, he explained exactly what they meant, exactly what the WWE meant behind the scenes. Don't you think? Like, I feel like he just totally summed it up in like two minutes. He summed it up to the point that I don't need to say a single word on this match or feud. So bravo, good sir. Well Thank put. Thank you. Wow. Compliments abound. Hey, listen, I had to say something and that was it. <laughs> so uh, that was that was really cool. That was awesome, Mike. And uh, let me tell you, I mean, it's it it was like a seminal moment. I hate to, I don't want to. Maybe it's the whiskey talking. It's got to be the scotch talking. I'm it might be the scotch talking, but it was a good moment. It was. It was. Yeah. Well, I guess they are kind of moving forward. I don't think they're going to do. It doesn't look like they're doing Sasha Banks versus Bailey next next month. They're doing Sasha Banks versus Asuka, which will also be a great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asuka is a great. Uh, she's awesome. So. I think Bobby's falling asleep. Doesn't matter who she's in the ring with; she can have a great match. Yeah, she's one of the top. Yeah, absolutely. I think her. It's going to be a great match at Survivor Series. Um, Oh, I am not falling asleep, by the way. But if you were going to tag me in for the first of the two cents, actually, Mike, you did say that you were going to end with that two cents. That's right. So, so um, no more two cents for me. Matt, you were talking a little about uh, earlier where you were talking about a veto recommendation. Uh, I, too, took on a veto challenge, which was, uh, thank you, uh, Scott's Tots, by the way, uh, or Michael Cassio. Um, thank you for putting me on to Tubi, Tubi TV, where you can normally watch the uh, the lucha network or lucha, lucha wrestling underground. lucha underground the yeah lucha word um i decided not to watch lucha but to go ahead and watch no holds barred based off of um vito's recommendation and i i, I mean i am one for terrible 80s movies like i thoroughly enjoy it this was still fucking terrible this I'm movie i'm so happy to hear you say that was just garbage <laughs> so from start to finish. It, so little did I know, Vince McMahon actually was one of the executive producers on it. And now hindsight being what it is, makes complete sense. I uh, had a thumbprint on it. They were using the WWF. And if you want to really look at the storyline, it is a story between Vince being played by the role of Rob Lowe's sidekick from Wayne's World. Um, and he's Ted Turner for WCW doing the tough guys match. Fuck. It was terrible, but I watched the whole thing. I was fascinated at different points, uh, but it took me multiple times and days to actually step away, take a break. I couldn't do it in one sitting. I was committed to the cause and I was going to watch the whole movie but the amount of times that I stopped and just walked away from it because my eyes were burning uh, were multiple. Uh, I'll let Vito rebuttal next week, but um, for the love of all things good, watch it once because you have to. 
Or never, because that makes more sense. You, you don't have to. You don't have to. Don't subject yourself to that. If you're on Tubi, watch Lucha Underground. It, it'll actually be a little more bang for your buck there. <laughs> a little more bang for your buck for the free. <laughs> That's right. Folks, uh, if there's anything worse than watching the actual movie, No Holds Bar, it's listening to Bobby's summary of it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. Boom, not, I, I, I won't argue that. If you wanted me to get into the into the play by play, I can Please tell don't. you that Hulk Hogan is is this wrestler <laughs> whose rip is the guy's character rip, and the guy's wearing a shirt. It's called Rip'em, and he's got a brother, and he was used. How much? How much Icapro is in that movie? I was surprised. Was there any none. any Icapro signs? None, <laughs> but they did use the WWF. Uh, you know, house shows as as ways to uh promote Hulk Hogan and tell the fans that they're gonna be a part of a movie and yeah. this that uh, you know. So the White World Wrestling Federation belt though was probably the coolest part of the whole movie. The White Heavyweight Championship. It was a white belt. You normally only see it with the Intercontinental belt. This was done mm-hmm. with the the heavyweight championship. That to me was the coolest part of the whole movie. Nice. That's a that's a hidden gem. That's a nugget right there. Jeez. Wow. Okay. So uh, moving on to my two cents. I gotta say this is something I want to talk about. Moving on for let's just forget about No Holds Barred for a minute. The movie and never think about it again. Number one. Number two. Something I want to like kind of touch on a little more next week. Maybe is I was going to mention AEW's. Um, TV contract that they have going. I I, I want to. I hate to say, like last week, I said something, or whenever our last episode was, I said that I thought wrestling was dying, and I was like, we're watching the death of wrestling. I was just in a bad place. It was like in the middle of pandemic. I'm, wrestling's dying, but then I looked at the, some of the numbers, and wrestling is not dying. For as much as it sucks, it's not. AEW signed uh, like a $45 million per year contract to air one show. Well, also the Dark Show, I guess, mm-hmm. show called Dark. So they produce, they're producing two hours a week on TNT for $45 million a year. But that doesn't include really the production costs. So I guess like the out-of-pocket expenses and all that sort of thing, they're bringing home, AEW is bringing home $20 million a year for their one show. And that's not including the pay-per-views. It's not including merchandise, not including any of that stuff. And I just was like, so I Googled it thinking, I, I thought I heard that AEW had to pay TNT to be on their network. I thought, but it's the other way around. Yeah. They were looking for it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. So, uh, battle of the tough guys. Nope. We're going to pretend like Bobby didn't just say that. And we're going to keep moving on. Is that a No Holds Barred reference? That is. <laughs> so listen, one last thing I just want to leave with you guys is that the, the contract lasts through 2023 at $45 million a year. And then at 2024, they, they TNT can re-sign uh, the show for more money. So $19, $20 million a year will buy you 40 good wrestlers a year. So And that's what they're doing. you know, And they're profitable. Yeah. And I, I'm eating my words. I, I, I hope they're able to do it. I hope they're able to, to keep the momentum going. There's and, With this contract, they can't be put off the air. Oh, well, I mean, they could be shelved or moved to another time, but they're still going to get the money. So yeah. it's hopefully like, they keep them in a good spot. Yeah. I, you know, well, that, the other thing is that 
you know, have you guys read the uh, WCW book? <laughs> the Rise and Fall I, of WCW? Not yet. It's on my list. Why so can I just tell you that one of the themes of the show, one of the themes of the book is that TNT didn't want wrestling on its network because TNT wanted to like appeal to more highbrow list, uh, watchers and stuff like that. Didn't want to like listen, you know, it, not every wrestling fan is as bright and as good looking as us and as get it mm-hmm. as many women, you know? Right. So right. Uh, they thought it didn't fit their demographic. And this is going back 18 years, you know? So like now they're paying 20 million a year or 45 million a year to this for two hours a week. Like a lot has changed. The, yeah. the, like, the landscape. It'd be interesting to, it would be, yeah. And it would be really interesting to kind of delve into the landscape. I think Bobby would love to analyze that shit. Give us more stock shit, all that shit, you know? Lots oh, of yeah, this will be the first episode in which we don't get a stock watch. Okay. You're witnessing history here, folks. But so Mango, I will definitely have the the death of WCW on my list. I need to. I've been get people have been telling me that for years, and I just keep having other books get in the way. Yeah. So it's like I don't know if you what I just get a second. I guess it, that's it, the bell. Did we just get did we, did we just get cut off? The second no, that, that, that was the bell for the stock price. Oh thirty-seven dollars and thirty-three cents. I don't oh. think you cannot have an episode without the stock watch. You you just can't. It, it's yeah. it, it'd be blasphemous, quite frankly. Right. Uh, they went up about a about a percent, uh, about sixty three cents. Uh, but quite frankly, we're about two dollars away from maybe considering buying some stock WWE stock or not. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But one thing I want to just say here that. That stock watch retirement lasted about as long as one of Terry Funk's retirements. So congratulations. Thanks for doing your best Terry Funk impression. Just to let you know, those fake retirements, the, they diminish over time. <laughs> yeah, don't try that again next week, Bobby. We won't fall for that shit. But I will say, uh, I actually am more bullish on the stock. Bullish means, for our listeners out there, I would consider purchasing it. For multiple reasons, if you want to hear what they are. Number one. Hold on, hold on. This is a wrestling podcast. So if you're going to use that term, you need to say Brahma bullish. I, dude, we can we can do that. Yeah, I'm Brahma bullish on respect. WWE. Re- respect. Dude, call me Mad Money. Call me Jim Cramer. But I will say, I think it's a buy because of the network and because they have this guaranteed money for the next like 50 years, it feels like, on Fox and it's guaranteed. TV's not going away. If there's anything that's not going away, regardless of who gets what disease, we're all going to watch TV. You watch mm-hmm. TV when you're in the hospital. So <laughs> who cares? Anyways. And remember, out. guys, <laughs> we don't know shit about stock. So take it with a grain of salt. Don't forget that. We don't know shit. Does anyone else have any final words? But I really don't want all to of the final words. Okay, all signing of- off. <laughs> Does anyone know Vito's sign-off thing? Get your neuter. Spay and neuter your pets. Don't forget to do that. Spay and neuter your pets. Signing off. Now return your perception of reality to you. Until next time.